I feel like I should have my hands wrapped up here, like tied up, like bandaged up. And just... <laughs> you know that's exactly where my mind went. <laughs> that's what I was doing. Like, I, it's anyone watching this, you're thinking of Back to the Future, of course, but somehow, some way, this ended up in our movie of the week. So we have to go random, and this is what we go with. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, so, I mean, uh, Marty McFly's a time traveler, Superman's a time traveler. In other movies, I guess. Good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Strong work, Jason. Maybe I didn't even make that and make Johnny be good. <laughs> that would be great. That would be so much better than this. Yes, uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us. As always, welcome to Granny's PhD episode 90. Uh, whether you're joining us in your Facebook live stream, you're joining us on YouTube or Twitter or Instagram or wherever you found your audio on the podcast, we always appreciate the support. Uh, yeah, we got a little Earth Angel by the Penguins, which, as we were just saying, your mind will go to Back to the Future. Shockingly, it's in Superman 3. Inexplicably, it's in Superman 3. <laughs> you, you mean that my Superman is Richard Pryor? <laughs> the actor? Oh, good job. <laughs> good job, future boy. And who's your Superman? Richard Pryor? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, yeah, our movie of the week is Superman 3 because we're continuing our rewatch through the theatrical adventures of, uh, of Kellogg. So that's what we're going with. So. Uh, but yeah, we got a lot of other cool stuff to get into. The Stargirl series finale, as well as Doom Patrol epi uh, episodes one and two of season four. And we will be doing our first live trailer reaction in a second. But with me as always is Jason. Jason, what's up? What's up? Good to be here. Good to be listening to Earth Angel and thinking about Back to the Future and pretending that I didn't have to sit through Superman 3 this week. Um, don't don't have much of a catching up with Mr. J this week because uh, I just bought myself a PS5 for Christmas, so my, my binge watching time has been cut down. I've been I've been slashing through God of War because it came with the system. Nice, nice. Okay, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I like the game, and you know, it, it relaxes me to kill things that don't really have life. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> but but I did. Get, did get to watch a bit of Legion, though. I have a little update. Uh, keeping true to my word, I'm watching it so you don't have to, Ed. So I'm almost at the end of season two. And the crux of season two is... Oh, and it's exciting because they just called him Legion. They just like, coined it. They said, oh, oh that's what he is. Legion. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so the whole crux is, like, uh, not rogue from the future. It starts off the season by telling him that he's got to go help the Shadow King, uh, like who he's now, the Shadow King's out of his head now, and he's got to help the Shadow King find his body so he can be reborn. And so he does it because not Rogue told him to. But then you find out that she was she's having him do this because she needs the Shadow King to stop the apocalypse caused by him in the future. And so okay, the season, cool. it is pretty interesting, and there's a lot of weird shit in the season. Um, and then the season, the astronaut uh, who's Married to was married to the uh, the older woman um, 
Jean Smart. Uh, he kind of turns her to the Shadow King, and she's she then starts to turn Sid, and she's like trying to get Sid to convince Sid that like, look, this guy's gonna kill the world. So I I don't know if they're and that's how Legion comes about. So I don't know if they're setting him up to be the villain or setting up that this whole thing was a setup. But the coolest part okay. about the season is they actually resurrect Aubrey Plaza's character from the first episode, the one who was yes. killed and like melded into the wall. And mm-hmm. so like she is back as like the strung out drug addict who was like tortured by the Shadow King for the last six months. I don't know. Again, I'm really digging her performance. This is it's a weird, wild ride, but I'm still enjoying it. And that's what's most important, though. I mean, as wacky as weird as it can get, I mean, we're going to talk about some weird stuff coming up. But if you're enjoying it, screw it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, it's it's you know it's fun. We got another season left, and I'll uh, hopefully next week I'll have uh, have at least gotten halfway through that, so I can give you some more updates and what what <laughs> you will never have to watch it. Happy the birthday gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I I really do appreciate because I was kind of curious to know what the heck happened with Legion, but. I don't have to watch it now. And, I can just I can just I'm, tune into my own show. Yeah, I, exactly. And I'm sure you want to know if they ever do Professor X stuff. But you don't want to sit through yes. 12, 13 episodes a season of that stuff. Just just know if the Professor X shows up. I got you, baby. Okay. All right. uh, what's up, Alex? Alex under the Dragon DGB wiki. Yo, what's up? It's Alex. Facebook's not working right now. Well, hopefully, your Facebook gets going. Uh, we are broadcasting through Facebook you know, right now, I, so. We are okay because Alex actually texted me and asked if we weren't broadcasting through Facebook anymore. So Al, yes, we are on Facebook. Not sure what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And I uh, suggesting for you to play the new one. You get the chance. It's really good. Uh, well, uh, the God, that's what I'm playing. The new God of War, Ragnarok. It came with the system, so I started at the end, baby. I have no idea where I'm where it came <laughs> from, but I know where I'm going. All right. So uh, before we super kick things off. We're going to go ahead and do our first live trailer reaction. Let's get these banners, at, oh, that banner out of the way. And we're going to add to the stream. So we're going to go ahead and watch this along with you. So this dropped earlier today. It's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, the new film coming out in June. I can hear you being quiet, Mom. I, um, hope I didn't ice your game, man. No one my age says those words in that order. It's just hard to see my little man not being my little boy all the time. Yeah. For years, I've been taking care of this little boy. Awesome. Some of the first one clips here. Making sure he is loved, that he feels like he belongs wherever he wants to be. He wants to go out into the world and do great big things. Not bad. And what I worry about most. I love you, Maris. Is they won't look out for you like us. Want to get out of here? Some cool shots in this. Wherever you go from here, you Love the animation promise style. to take care of that little boy for me. Yeah, for sure. Make sure he never forgets where he came from. 
Was it Baghead? And yeah. Never doubt. Baghead's fighting. Loved. And he never lets anyone tell him that he doesn't belong there. You go, O'Hara. You gotta promise, Miles. I promise. Who do you think you are? Really? We are supposed to be the good guys. We are. Alright. Spider-Man on Spider-Man uh, battle there a little bit. That's that's cool. That was that was like the future Spider-Man, right? Twenty twenty nine or twenty two. Twenty twenty ninety nine. Yeah. Twenty ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I mean, uh, that, that looks awesome. I mean, I, that looks really awesome. Yeah, I, I love the the. I know they're saying it's supposed to be like five or different or five or six different animation styles coming up in the next in the next film. So I'm excited to see that. I love the style that they went with in the first film. Like that was that's part of what made everything really cool and just you know the writing the movies are so well written on top of that like it is arguably the best Spider-Man movie ever made. I mean I think if you're saying animation and live action it's it's definitely in the conversation. It's not my number one but I think it's definitely yeah in the conversation. I I agree it's not not my number one either but I can see why it would be someone's number one like it. It's absolutely yeah. like usually when we have talks about like best like when we do Batman best live action Batman mm -hmm. we, we don't count Kevin Conroy we don't count the the, no. the animated stuff because it's a different animal but I think this this does actually enter the conversation this isn't a different animal I think that this is better than a lot of the live action Spider Man we got it, oh we've for got, sure I think yeah I think yeah. so it's it's definitely it's definitely up there it's good to see I'm glad uh, as I know. Peter B. Parker isn't really going to be in it too much, but I see, well, at least that's what my understanding is. Uh, it's good to see he will be back in it again, but I think it's supposed to focus more on Miles and, and Gwen, you know, like really centered at, the, yeah. at, at this one. And that makes sense, but and and, and that were, and it should be because this is you know my, the first one was Miles being trained, and you needed a Peter a Peter Parker to train him. Now mm -hmm. the training wheels are off, but it's good to see Peter B. Parker around because he's he's just a very interesting and cool take on the character. Yeah, for sure. And this is the, I mean, the Japanese Spider Man is supposed to be in this one. Uh, Spider Punk is in this nice. one. Uh, there's, there's mostly a lot of the one. offshoots. Yeah, and also the video game Spider-Man, PlayStation game Spider-Man, I think they are confirmed that earlier today he's in this one. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. You know, it's funny because Walter was just telling me about a comic run that brought in PlayStation Spider-Man. Like, there's a comic okay. run the called, like, I don't know, Crisis Spider-Man or something. I don't know. I'll have to ask Walter tomorrow. I forget. But um, it brings in, like, he was telling me there's, like, cop spider-man where it's mm -hmm. like spider-man in a cop outfit with like a ridiculous cop mustache like stereotypical mm -hmm. cop mustache um and he was also telling me the playstation one spider-man's in it so that's awesome that they're kind of it sounds like they're taking from that comic run he was telling me about yeah and another thing that's funny alex drops in this comment here as well uh there are rumors of tom holland spider-man making an appearance as well and one would lead to believe Toby wow. and Andrew Garfield are probably on the table too. That'd be awesome. That, that would, would be, be pretty awesome. sick. That would be pretty sick if they can do that. So. 
what a world we live in, Jason, where like the the casuals, as Re as Rick, I'll give him credit for those terms, can accept a multiverse. Like we've gotten in comics like for for years now. It's pretty cool. It is. It is really cool because, like, I think we've all liked the multiverse stuff, and I mean, we all like that crazy shit. But like, I don't think that we ever saw a day where multiverse movies would be made, and here we are, like this, and of course, Mouth of Mad, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the last Doctor Strange multiverse movie, uh, you know, and that's a multiverse <laughs> Mouth of Mad, because <laughs> I said I made that joke <laughs> to you before we went on the air. <laughs> But yeah, but but here we are, and, and like it's a whole phase, and Sony's also doing it as well, and and in this aspect, doing it fantastically. Yeah, I give them a lot of credit. If I'm going to give Sony any credit at all, and their movie making, yes, I give them credit for the first two Tobey Maguire films, um, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was a Sony product. Like no, and no Marvel Studios yes. like assistance on that, so I give them credit. But they went to Lord and Miller. Who seem to like be their unofficial spider people? So, yeah, I, I wish they'd. Bring, I wish whoever's doing the Spider Verse movies, I'd wish the, those are the people they would have to do their like, you know, Venom movies and stuff. Because at least then there might be a chance those movies will be good. We've lost a lot of hope. We lost a lot of so, hope in the Sony Spiderless Verse. I sat through Morbius. There's no hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and listen, in our book, they're all for three in this spiderless spider verse that they're they're trying to build. They're trying yes, they so are. hard to build, and we know there's others on the way. Yes, they are. like Craven and Madam Web and <sighs> and Spy and Venom Three, and we're like, oh god, just please don't, please be somewhat watchable because we know we're gonna watch them for the sake of our, our show and everything. We like have that too. to watch. Them. Yes. Of course we do. Just be watchable. Just don't make me want to like. Don't make me like really contemplate every five minutes leaving the theater. Yeah, just uh, come on, Sony. Give us something decent. Something. De I'm not even saying good. Something decent. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump into our topics of the week. Then we got a Star Girl series finale. We do. Stargirl has ended its run on the CW, and uh, Jason, your your thoughts on it? I mean, did they stick the landing? Did they not? Mixed bag? Ed, I'm going to say that it never ends, as the show ends uh, ends off with. That's the last thing we see of the show. Uh, I, they stick the landing 100%. This was a great ending to the series. Um, and I could see what you were saying. You had told me that they had two endings ready to go. And I, I could tell, actually, by watching it, what ending they were talking about. It's that, that last five or six minutes with the shade. Mm -hmm. um, and I I think that, you know what? They had another season left in them. We know it. They knew it. They convey it to the audience in that last scene. Um, I think so. But they they went out with dignity. They went out with grace. And they went out with a fucking bang, guys. Like I, I mean, again, I got notes. I'm not gonna rip them up. We'll go through them. But like, just to jump to the end, we watch Artemis Croc in her fucking one and only scene in this this episode. Hunt down Jordan McKent after he like faked his own death again and did his icicle business, like in <laughs> Europe, lures him 
into petroleum, some petroleum jelly that will is so ignitable that she says will ignite fire and then fucking lights that man on fire and says this is for killing my parents and then we get like a good minute of fucking jordan mccann screaming as he dies and her looking on with glee and it was perfect it was an i knew you were gonna i thought of you to that character i thought of you while watching that because i actually i don't really watch the cw shows that we cover that often more than once this one i did watch twice mm-hmm. though and because I'm like, this is the okay. series finale. I gotta like really, really take this one in. And yeah, I thought of you, Matt. I'm like, Jay, this is gonna be Jason's favorite scene of this episode. I guarantee. You. There's a lot of awesome scenes in this, <laughs> but that specifically is Artemis Clark getting her revenge. Oh, and you were right, Chef's Kiss. That like, there were great scenes. There are a lot of contenders for best scenes in this 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 episode. But that is it. And I'll, and why that's it is because. I did not see that coming. I, they and they did that purposely. They mentioned Artemis. Oh, she'll come when we need her. She always does that. And then we have this huge blowout fight, like between the McKents and Stargirl. And, and and now we'll get into the episode. So we can we'll, we 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 tease the end. And we'll we'll get to how we get. We'll lead up to how we get to Artemis Croc and the most awesome scene of this episode. So pretty much, um, we have this disturbing scene flashback of them cutting Sylvester's head open. So he was and resurrected. Like, Sylvester actually did come back. Won. Yes, and so they lied about that. And and his last words are, wait, no, no, Stripesy, where's Stripesy? Is Stripesy alive? And he then, we find out later on the episode, they put his brain somewhere and he gets stuck in that last moment of before his like brain being removed. Yeah, that was um, that was really it was messed up. Ch- it was it was absolutely messed up. Like they, I mean, I don't know if Ultra Humanite, if you're out there and listening, and if <laughs> for some reason you want my miserable life and body, at least kill me, okay? Take take it all, but kill me. Don't leave me chained in, in a, a brain fabricator machine that makes me relive the moment you cut my skull open. That's terrible. Yeah, and I guess we got to assume that at some point, <clears throat> Stripe and and Stargirl and everything find him and they put him back together and everything like that. Because pr- it seems like they left that open just in case someone else does pick this show up one day, and they do want to re- resume it. They can well, bring Starman back. They they did they did not leave it open. Actually, they definitively said in that last scene. They uh, when the when the shade is walking everyone through the JSA museum, mm-hmm. he says when he's recounting like their their um, their adventures, uh, like they eventually found Sylvester and restored him and brought Starman back. So he, oh, they I'm actually do that. tell I, us I must, that. I That's mean, why. I, no, no, yeah. no worries. But I think, um, but I think the 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 whole thing was that was supposed to be season four. I think. I think season four yeah, was bring Sylvester back, the shade joining the JSA, like you know everything they teased in that last episode. Jay Garrick shows up in that last set, that last um, moment of the show, so I'm sure there would have mm-hmm. been more Jay Garrick present in the, the next season. So I think they smartly pretty much said, "All right, we're not going to get the next season, but let the shade tell you what that season would have been like." <laughs> yeah. And because it's like a 10-year gap, and it's like they, they mentioned everyone and their mother yeah. pretty much joining the JSA eventually. But 
Jason, that, right. that first half hour of this episode is super action packed. That fight in like the Ooh. um in a junkyard is wild. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it was wild. And it was I loved like um so they, they kill they killed stripes. So they thought they killed stripes, you know, they thought they buried him alive. And stripes mm-hmm. he's like Uma Thurman and Kill Bill too. He's <laughs> digging himself out of a grave. Um he just shows up in stripe in stripe. And him and Sylvester go at it, or the Ultra Humanite. And mm-hmm. I thought that was such a cool fight because, like, Ultra Humanite's using the staff to kick his ass. And he's making comments like, oh, now I took your suit away. Now I'm going to kill you. And then Courtney has the realization through uh, Barbara, like, yeah, the reason he didn't just come and take the staff was because he needed you to believe he deserved it. The staff really is yours. You just have to assert that. Yeah. Which I like because that. That, that tracks with everything the show is doing this season. So Courtney takes that staff and Pat's like, oh, I got this. Now you don't have your staff. And Pat proceeds to beat the shit out of Sylvester. He beats over the head with a rock. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing that like really shakes him up, too. Yeah. And No, absolutely. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's great that that's what ends up leading to uh, Ultra Humanite being brain dead. I mean, they say Sylvester's body's okay, but Ultra Humanite's brain dead. Pretty much, his his run is definitively over, no matter what. Oh yeah, because all he is was a brain, and now it's dead. <laughs> yeah, and Dragon King gets turned into a uh, a stuffed uh, teddy bear essentially for uh, the dog to play with. Finally, finally. Finally, that evil fucking gin in the pen was useful. <laughs> and I love that moment because I this this episode, right? I, the, every season, every episode has a theme, right? Mm-hmm. And this episode is the JSA finally coming into who they are and accepting who they are and accepting not just their limitations, but their strengths, right? And Jakeem does something great where he goes... Um, there, he's like he's got to make a wish. The ultra humanite, uh, not the ultra humanite, Dragon King in the ultra humanite's gorilla bodies, like trying to kill Cindy. He like messes her up, and uh, uh, Mike is like, um, "Hey, you got to make a very specific wish, a very specific wish. Make it count." And Jakeem's like, "I wish the most beautiful girl in the world's father would stop ha- being able to harass her and make her life miserable or whatever." And Mike goes, that's not, who. what are you talking about? Who says she's the most beautiful girl in the world? And Jakeem goes, me, I'm making the wish. I say it, do it. And I thought it was a great moment because it really does shadow last week when he makes the wish of, um, I wish to go to this place. And Thunderbolt's like, no, you re- your really heart's wish was you wish to impress her. So that's why I brought you here. So it didn't seem like it was just coming out of nowhere. They kind of laid that in, and that was him finally taking control of that evil fucking genie and making him (laughs) subservient to his will. Yeah, that that was a pretty nice ending. He actually, like, the the genie came into body, and he got the name uh, Jakeem Thunder and everything like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, I did too. And the fact that he turned the, the ape into a, a, do, uh, a dog toy, which is fantastic. And and I like that Thunderbolt goes, from your secret, not-so-secret admirer, it's Jakeem. He messed me. He, yeah. he made this wish. Like, <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that. And by the way, also, Barbara got that, that bow arrow training really paid off. But she jumps into the yes, – she actually did. gets involved into the fight in the junkyard, too. 
Yep, that was awesome because I, I saw the. Uh, it's funny because I saw the arrow, and I was like, "Yeah, Artemis," and it's like, "Oh!" And I think that's why I got. That's why I was so shocked at the end because that moment made me forget about Artemis. I was like, "Oh wait, Barbara's in the. Oh, what's going on here?" <laughs> and then you get Icicle Junior versus um, Icicle Senior. <laughs> And that was nice. And Icicle Senior has that moment of like, "Don't make me duty duty with brainwave dist to, to his kid," and mm-hmm. it's like that shows you everything you need to know. And I think that's what turns Cameron. Like uh, Cameron is kind of torn. Cameron kind of helps him lure the JSA there, and then he doesn't want any of this. And then like once his father tries to kill everyone, he's like tries to put a stop to it. And like once he sees his dad's w- is willing to put him down, that's when he goes really fucking into it. And they they get into it and. Like he kicks his dad's ass, but but I also think he's I also think he let him win. I think so because then he ends up doing that like cloud mist thing that he runs off to yeah uh, Norway or wherever the hell they found Denmark at the end of right the Denmark yeah. yeah maybe it was Denmark and um, but that was cool we get to see Grandma Icicle be crushed to death yes. And we don't wish for many grandmothers to get crushed to death, but this one absolutely deserved it. She's like shitting on her husband, too, and they're like, you old fool and all this other stuff. Really letting them have it. Yeah. No, it's terrible. And because there's a great moment where he goes to square off with uh, Dr. Midnight, and Dr. Midnight's like, she sees, she senses the apprehension, and she's like, I don't want to fight you, Mr. McKent. And he's like, I don't want to fight you either. And they kind of just let it down, and that pisses Granny Icicle off. And she goes, you, you old fool, I'll kill you. And she actually goes to kill the grandfather. And yes. Wildcat jumps up. And she goes to fire at Wildcat, hits a car, and the car just, like, crushes her. Like, falls on her, done. <laughs> She's like, oh, I didn't do it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, that whole fight scene was, was awesome. Um, I... Yeah, I did. That was it. That whole fight scene was awesome. That first half an hour was just pure action, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then it leads us to the aftermath. It leads us to the resolution of what happens. And um, you know, so uh, Cameron says he's going to leave. He's going to take his grandfather and get out of there. So Courtney's kind of real sad about that. Um, Beth and Our Man make amends with Beth's parents, and she join invites them to join the team because they all pretty much go. Shit, this ultra humanite guy who was pretending to be Sylvester was giving us terrible advice. Let's fix that now. Yeah. Uh, we get Sylvester on life support. Mike sees his mom, which was really nice. And I kind of wish we had another season to see more of that. Yeah, I was glad that they paid that off because I was wondering where the hell that was going a couple of like in the middle of the season, but now they followed up on it. So that was nice. Yeah. And I, I think they had plans for next season personally. Because yeah, they, they so, did but... say they were planning on one more season. Yeah. Um, but that was nice. Uh, Courtney delivers the letter to the gambler's daughter. That was a that beautiful was scene when she gives her a hug and then very awkwardly goes, all right, bye now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I think they um, yeah they wrapped everything up pretty nicely and pretty neat bow. And yeah. I did like the whole, you know, the I adventure so. never ends type thing. At, at the, no, at the, I at did the too. Yeah, I did too. So, uh, and because it it really does show, like, yeah, the show's over, but these these guys are going to keep going. Like JSA always keeps going. We we had more mm-hmm. stories, and even if we didn't, there's always more stories. 
just they're out there in the universe. And it made me, as someone who loves the show, as someone who felt feels really sad that it's going off, because again, I think it had one more season, not more than one. I I would have been fine with it ending after the next season, but yeah, yeah, I I think uh, it was a really uplifting ending. Like, you know, we we got to find out everyone who joined the JSA, the Shade joined the JSA, uh, Jade Garrick's floating about, as we said, um, Nebula Man, they tease the Nebula Man. So I don't know who that is, but I'm willing to bet that that's who the, the the villain would have been next season if it happened. Yeah, that's my guess. Though. But um, I, I would say... I but, oh, and two... Solomon Grundy comes back. Oh, that's right. That's right. Solomon Grundy God. comes back. Yeah. Yeah. That was a nice moment, too. That was a... one other thing I want to say, because that was a beautiful moment with uh, Our Man, who is, that was, you know, like his only friend, the, the, the thing who killed his parents. It was a weird plot line, but um, yeah. but Grundy gets to come back and they get to have that moment. But yeah, so uh, what were your thoughts, Ed, overall? What were your thoughts? I <laughs> uh, really enjoyed the uh, finale. I uh, thought they stuck the landing really well. Um, front to back, I think one of the strongest CW shows that we've ever gotten, even though it didn't start off as a CW show, it started off as a DC Universe show. And seasons two and three were really on the C, like properly on the CW. Um, I didn't pick it up until it was on the CW. They aired season one. They re-aired season one on CW during COVID when they didn't have anything, and then it ended up getting picked up by CW because I guess they got good ratings during that time. Um, they tried to do the same thing with Swamp Thing, but that didn't quite work out the same. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I think one of the stronger the stronger shows. I would definitely put this up there with Black Lightning, um, yep, and Superman and Lois, um, Legends of Tomorrow. Like definitely, and again, not not shitting on Flash or Arrow, but those shows, you know, overstayed their welcome. I mean, even though Flash is going yes. to wrap up and starting in about a month or two, they overstayed their welcome. So maybe the key was to end these things in a tighter format of 13 episodes less seasons and you get more bang for you less is more in this situation yeah no i i agree i agree because the three shows that you mentioned that worked the best or four shows are all like 13 14 episode shows none mm-hmm. you know so and yeah the flash the flash for me feels like it feels like the 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 really good friend who comes and stays with you for three months for whatever reason, like maybe some comes and stays with you for the summer, and you have a really good time for the summer, but then they're only planning on moving out, like you know, after the new year. And it's like, all right, buddy, the summer was great, but I actually have a life to get back to. So, can you really get the fuck <laughs> out of here? Like, that's what the flash feels like. Like, that's overstaying its welcome. <laughs> the man on the couch, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Um. Yeah, I, I would think so. And actually, I, I think for the most part, I would put Supergirl actually in that. Despite the last season was was tough. But all the other seasons were pretty strong outside of the last one. But Stargirl didn't have a bad season. Black Lightning didn't did have not. a bad season. I don't think it... Nope. No. They were they were pretty flawless. Superman I don't think those bad episodes. too strong. Yeah, I don't remember anywhere where I'm like I'm rolling my eyes and like, oh my god, I, I this is a filler episode because I think with the lesser episodes you don't get filler episodes. There's no time for that. Right, exactly. You just got to get to the plot, which I like it. With for these shows, I like it. 
Yeah, agreed. Agreed for sure. But yeah, enjoyed Stargirl. Sad to see it go. Um, yeah, well, Stargirl, I'm going to give you a Granny's Peach Tea. Cheers. I'm going to miss you. R.I.P. Uh, the journey never ends, Courtney. Keep keep fighting. <laughs> I wonder if they're going to follow through because there was some sort of a rumor going around of them crossing over with Titans. Oh, I'd love that. So, uh, yeah, we got to see a Courtney Whitmore and say maybe some of our crew team up with the Titans and, and jump into that universe. That would be pretty sick. I'd love that. Yeah, that would be awesome. So maybe not the last crossed. I don't because that actress is great. No, she is. She's she really like nailed that role. She really did. So. All right. Well, let's uh let's keep it All rolling right. on to another DC show that dropped just this Thursday. You know, as they said on their own Facebook, Doom Patrol is back, motherfuckers. How Oh, how is Legion not the weirdest thing I watched this week? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I mean, Legion did <laughs> zombie zombie butts running around, zombie asses, or ass apocalypse as we oh. as we learn ends up happening in the future. They're not. They're not just running around. They're singing show tunes. <laughs> they're dancing the show tunes in. Yes, they are. It's all they I want to talk trained. about is the where as. <laughs> Yeah, this show finds a way to get weirder and weirder every season, but it definitely—I I, just—I love the fact that it just doesn't lose that it still has a heart to it somehow, and it still has like a purpose, and it's well written, even as crazy as it gets, because these two episodes are crazy they are on every level. They butt shit crazy. I mean. Let's let's just you know it's two episodes, so we're not gonna sit there and dissect both of them. We're gonna kind of gloss over and, and jump around a little bit. But the I I absolutely love the opening to the season in, in the first episode where um those are crazy Jane and she has the K character that's that's the uh, prime right now, the uh, psychiatrist. She's diagnosing every member of the Doom Patrol one by one. And I really thought that that was an excellent way to start this thing off to kind of give you also a background of like who these characters are if you're jumping in now and where they're at at this point in, in the series. Meanwhile, what's going on is because at the end of last season, they, if you forgot, they decided to actually formally become the Doom Patrol, even though Robot Man yells, you know, Doom Force at the end when they're jumping in the big robot. <laughs> yes. Which I, I, I thought was hilarious. But they officially become the Doom Patrol, led by Elastigirl, and she's leading the way. They're stopping a bank robbery right now by a fucking oh dude with a pretty much a blaster as his friggin' crotch. A, a crotch blaster. Yeah, it's a it's a codpiece gun. It's insane. And the, yeah, the, isn't he called the sexual Yes, he's called Codpiece, yeah. Yes. Um the, the the imagery of Elastigirl like putting her hand around his cod piece and moving it back and forth. It's like, yes. To try to disable him? Yeah. Yes. It's so ridiculously sexual in the most unsexy way possible. <laughs> oh, man. And yeah, they're battling him. And 
he has a sidekick who pretty much has some sort of like ass blaster that he was going to go ahead yes. and take out Cliff with. Which ridiculous, like because it's funny because he was the IT guy and like Cyborg's yes. now. Oh no, Cyborg! Guy. He was taking out Cyborg, not not Cliff. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all right. No worries. But the Cyborg is now the IT guy, and they're having a moment like, "Hey, he's like, hey, who are you? You gotta come with me." Nah, I'm not a real member of the team. I'm just the IT guy. No, you're a very integral member of the team. And it, like he starts, like, <laughs> Cyborg starts like gassing up. He's like, "You're right. I can do this." And he pulls out his pants, and a cannon comes out of his ass. Yes, and he's going to pretty much take him the fuck out. Until um, Elastigirl literally bends it, like and, and it, it's just this is this 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 show is madness. It's beautiful madness, but it's madness. Um, and we get Elastigirl gives everyone their names. Yeah, officially, that's what I'm saying. Like they officially became the Doom Patrol. Yeah, basically in this episode, you know, Cyborgs had his name. Robot man gets his, even though he absolutely fucking hates it. Yeah, I won't won't use it. He actually, she calls him that, and he just ignores, ignores her him. and stands still. <laughs> yes. Um, Crazy Jane gets her gets her name officially. Um, uh, sorry. Um, name bandage. Which one, Madame Rouge? Sorry. No, no, oh, no, no. Oh, 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 negative man, negative man, negative man. Sorry, I was going ahead. I'm thinking Invisible Man for a second. I'm like, no, he just kind of looks very much like the Invisible Man. He does look so. Like they're pretty much going, and and what was the name that that she she doesn't give her the name Madame Rouge. No, it's it's something like like you know, it's not this, but it's something like this. It's like you know, Farty's shitbag or something like that. It's something like it's just an insult because she's still pissed about the whole. Uh, Dada thing, Lady Dada thing, or whatever it was, Sisterhood of Dada, Sisterhood of Dada. and she, and Madame Rouge is trying to just ingratiate herself and make amends, so she's taking all of this shit. And the last girl just calls her pretty much like, "Oh yeah, you're shit bag," and then yeah. like gives her things to do in the field, like draw their fire so everyone else could get away. <laughs> Uh, and they have like an undefeated record. If I remember right, they're seven and zero on their missions. They they are the, things are going yes. well for them, um, you know. And and then the Cliff that goes ahead and he gets a new arm because his arm was lost. So he gets a new arm by Cyborg and his father. And he, apparently they're gonna it's gonna have a touch to it for the first time in like what did they say 40, 60 years. He's gonna actually have the sense of touch, but he wants to touch his his uh, grandkid. His grandson, he wants to say, like, he wants to hold his grandson. It's a very sweet thought. And they, apparently they've also got harnessed the time machine. And they fixed the memory loss by putting jellyfish on their heads, apparently. Well, they go in and take this time machine. And, and Cliff is like, no, let's take the time machine to Florida. <laughs> yeah. No other way to get there. We're just going to take the time machine to Florida. We're just going to go one. That's the only way to go. And he actually makes a comment too, like, yeah, thanks. It was great taking me out of that huge time machine robot and putting me back in my body. That was a fantastic idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like, man, I didn't want to be that. So that pretty but much I, it takes I, them to I love four. the jellyfish yeah. thing. Uh, I just want to say I love the jellyfish thing because it pretty much says, hey, audience, hand wave this. Because yes. they literally say... 
Yeah, we cured the memory loss thing by putting jellyfish on our heads. I really don't know how that works, but it does. <laughs> but if they're going to hand wave it and acknowledge that they're hand waving it, then we can go along with it too. Because like we said a bunch it, of it, times, you set up your own logic and we'll follow along with it. That's fine. Just yep. obey your own logic that you make. That's it. And this show's logic is anything goes. So if you tell me jellyfish cure amnesia, who am I to argue with you? It's your world. Pretty much. Um, so things go awry when they decide to go to Florida. And they end up in the future. And then they find out that there's only one living member of the team, which is Cyborg, who is still depowered at the time. He doesn't have his tech. And uh, the but apocalypse, but apocalypse took place and ravaged pretty much everywhere. And that's what they're dealing with right now. Which is wild. It's a, it's wild because pretty much you don't know they're dead. So they, they they show up to the mansion and they go, oh, wow, this is bad. And then Cyborg sees them and says, come on in. Well, you guys should go to your rooms and see yourselves. Madame Rouge, don't bother. You're not here. You moved out the day after, the, the, the day before the apocalypse started. We don't even know if you're still alive. And everyone goes to their rooms and it's just like these, it's like these images, right? Like death loops, I think they called them. Um, yeah. Cliff has one of the best conversations with himself. Mm-hmm. Like, do you, hey, uh, do you get to watch the? Uh, do you get to join in when the ghosts fuck? <laughs> nah, but I get to watch. But that's not really what you want me to. Ask. What do you want to ask me? No, I want to ask about my daughter and my grandson. They're alive. They're great. We've saved them all. Really? No, not really. You don't fucking want to know. <laughs> that's the way the conversation goes. Yeah, he keeps assuring him repeatedly, you don't want to know. Trust me, you don't want to know what happened. Don't so you can only imagine something really crazy fucked up happened. Yeah, which calls back greatly to when they're when they're, uh, when they're so they realize, of course, that Cyborg is just uh, the whole team has been a distraction so Cyborg can take the the time machine and go back in time and fix things. And when they catch him, Cyborg says to Cliff, yeah, well, you want to know something? You're just going to wind up with one of these things cracking your head open, eating your brain, and Cliff goes, thank God someone fucking tells me how I'm going to die. Like, he was happy <laughs> that someone finally told him how he was going to die. <laughs> um, but an interesting thing, though, is that when they, they all get in the time machine and they leave future Cyborg there, and he writes on the thing because he was trying to have a conversation with his past self that you can't have it all. Because he pretty much tells them all they're all fun fucked up headspaces right now that they're not he's not gonna listen they're not gonna listen to him no matter what happens they're still gonna try to do what they did that got them into this situation but he takes off and he writes on the side of the time machine that you can't have it all because that's what cyborg is dealing with right now he's struggling with the idea he wants to be happy and normal and do all this stuff and that's why he got rid of his tech but yet you know, he hasn't really gotten to it yet. He hasn't tried to actually do that. He's like being the IT guy, so he's struggling with the, you know, does he want to, you know, do the thing or not do the thing? Yeah, and I, I think uh, I think this is my call. The one thing that needs to change that averts, that avoids the apocalypse mm-hmm. is Cyborg needs to get his, his tech back. Like, I think this is going to be Cyborg's season of growth. I think so too. I think so too. He'll definitely have his tech back by the end of the season. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, so then it essentially kind of brings us to episode two, 
where we get some more of the backstory to the that that that, that you mentioned the train the, pretty much the origin of the uh the butts because we find out that they were in uh, the ant farm being built up and built up for years and and Jason what did they learn to do with the with the butts they they learned musical theater they learned to dance they learned the art of performance because they have this like insanely eccentric doctor who's really really excited to be there training these butts um and she gets them all to do a dance routine to Shapoopy the number from the music man which people probably know it from family guy yeah, Shapoopy Shapoopy the one that did it. <laughs> and they're doing this whole dance routine but this second episode starts and ends with an another musical theater song uh, from Stephen Sondheim here's to the ladies who lunch and so <laughs> when we first see these things we see like uh, one of the ant farm guys going out there into this like you know fake town this room that looks like a fake town with mannequins and i guess he's cleaning it up and then he notices like oh wait no they've gotten in here but it's all over like here's to the ladies who lunch and it's like and this guy gets murdered to that song so the fact that they're bringing musical theater i hope and i, I can only say this watching doom patrol i hope at some point i get to see them in a musical theater production because <laughs> Elastigirl obviously is going to need to reclaim the title of leader because she is good at it and they take it from her. We'll get to it. But yeah. they they belabor that she's an actress and a drama school, a failed drama school teacher from high school. There's with this show, there's no fucking way that somehow, some way, she's getting these butts to do a play. That's all I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> uh... Well, yeah, so you mentioned it, though. So Elastigirl is the leader of the Doom Patrol, and they hammer home the fact that they don't listen to her. They don't respect her. They don't do anything like that. But things seem <laughs> to work out nonetheless. Um, and then they decide to vote on different leadership, and the team unanimously votes for Madame Rouge to take over. And, of course, Elastigirl is oh. not having this, and she's completely you know, upset about this. And but Rouge takes over and, and Cliff puts it well where he's like, listen, we need someone we need kind of like evil to battle evil and someone who's not gonna try to do the right thing because we have to we know what needs to be done in this. And they do it. So she goes ahead and she launches a pretty much tells them that they gotta like they're gonna go ahead and when she's gonna put together this mission and review Elastigirl's notes, but meanwhile on the side she's like Cliff. You and me, let's go on this mission. We're going to go ahead and kill this fucking dude. You know, who's the zombie <laughs> that kind of gets these things started? That scene was hilarious. That was, that was I, great. That was great. And and they kind of step in shit a little bit because Cyborg and uh, Crazy Jane take off on their own mission to go ahead and to find the last butts that are running around here. And they go ahead and they do find a zombie butt who's on ice eventually. And... The dude that plays Stingray in Cobra Kai, for those who watch Cobra Kai, is the butt hunter. That's the his butt that's hunter. pretty much his <laughs> He's got a patch on his chest that says butt hunter. And he's the one who's yes, going around. He's so. literally hunts down butts. It's it's perfect. And like he's part of the, the normalcy, the Bureau of Normalcy, which we've met in previous seasons. And 
I, I just think it's funny because they're like, so, um, you know, do you have those expense reports or whatever? Because they're pretending to be Bureau of Normalcy people. And they're asking yeah. him Bureau of Normalcy questions. And he's like, hey, nah, I play by my own rules. I'm a butt hunter. When you got skills like me, you go and hunt butts. It's it was just so, so funny. It's so ridiculous. And then Cliff and Madame Rouge go ahead. They go to this farm. They find this dude who's a zombie still, and they have to kill him. And he's walking around, has his own farm as a fully functional zombie who's staying away from everyone so he doesn't have to be tempted to eat brains. But he has these tomatoes, though, that are apparently really good, but not yes. quite brains. And then Cliff doesn't, he tells, he, the guy tells him, like, Cliff, kill me. I know what has to happen. Do it. And he doesn't want to do it because he's defenseless. Rouge takes off this helmet that he has to expose Cliff's brains. So he, the zombie attacks him. And then obviously Cliff goes in and, and ends up killing the guy, but unfortunately uncovers his hand and he's running around with an oven mitten on because he does he wants his grandson's grandson to be the first thing he touches, but that obviously goes out the window. Rouge gets a flashback of her making people weapons, which ties into what she did with the sisterhood yes. of Dada, and she gets kind of she has some PTSD over that. And ties into what she just did to Cliff. She just weaponized yeah. him. Right, that was well. That's what I'm saying. She sees she does it again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and that's why. But that that's why they ask. That's why they want her. Right. Because that's her skill set. You take people who have powers and weaponize them to get the job done, which I think is it's a really cool thing to explore. Right. Because she's also trying to. She's genuinely trying to be better. She's genuinely trying to change. She doesn't want to be the villain. She feels bad about what she did with the sisterhood of Dada, but she's now put into a position of no, no, no. Your what your skill set can save the day. So now she has to sort of. It. I really feel that it's going to be an internal morality struggle with her character this season. Yeah, I think that's what they're setting up as well. And and Cliff talking to the zombie and speaking zombie still was really really funny. They just goes, this and that. Meanwhile, they have subtitles going across the bottom of the screen of everything he's saying, and they're having a full-on conversation about this. And what he's talking about before they take that helmet off is, you know, oh, kill me, but you know, uh, I have the perfect batch of ripe heirloom tomatoes. Like, put them to yeah. good use; they're really good. Maybe you should take them, eat them, pick them. It's like I love that he he's like, kill me, but take care of the crops. Yes, he put a lot of time into this thing. He did. But in, in, the, in the end, we do find that the doctor at the ant farm does have the other butt that they have around. There's two butts. There's the zombie one that Cyborg and Crazy Jane have, and then there's now apparently there's another one who's still alive. I think his name was like uh, Nicholas or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, it was something, something like that. And they're so. like having they're like having dinner and singing ladies who lunch at the end like it's, it's like i wouldn't put it past this show if they're dating like seriously wow, i didn't even think of that but you're probably right that's probably that's definitely I mean, on, on the table it's on the table i'm not saying it's happening but it's on the table yeah for sure i can see that uh, but wild star to doom patrol uh for the season excited to to see what happens next we'll be getting season uh episode three in a couple of days and uh hopefully titans after doom patrol wraps up hopefully it, it comes back right afterwards and keep the momentum going here hopefully um 
All right, so that actually brings us to our movie of the week, which uh, is is a is one that we've we've talked about a lot leading up to this. It is our wallpaper. We have. It is uh, what some it might is. say is the infamous Superman three. Of the some Christopher might say Reed that. Run. I say that. Some might say that. Some could be us. Some could also be one of our guests tonight, who you've tuned in and you've seen him. You've seen him. Actually, we have two of our guests who will introducing one by one this week. Uh, first, you've seen him with us the last couple weeks for our Superman run. We have Steve Grogan. Can you hear What's me? What's up? Yes. Okay. You're good to go. What's up, dude? None. I had a lot of trouble getting on here. I obviously needed Richard Pryor's help with my computer skills. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, all you had to do is just go to somewhere and apply, and apparently you'll learn about computers in two seconds. Yeah, apparently that's the deal. Computers yeah. do everything. Yeah. In an era where no one really knew about computers, apparently they just did things, magic things all the time. Computer, It'll just do. It'll just do. Yeah. Yeah. No training needed, no nothing. <laughs> uh, and then we have another guest who you've met with us a bunch of times on this show. Uh, Rick Sedres. Wow. What's up? <laughs> Why? This might be a controversial episode. Wow, it's a controversial I heard if you're going to be controversial, you have to wear a mask. Uh, that's that's what happens, especially in New York. <laughs> they didn't care who I was until I put on a mask. <laughs> no one cared about me until I defended Superman 3. <laughs> Um, all right, Rick, that, uh, that basement uh, looks nice that you're in right now. I'm in, uh, this is the New Age Outlaw Studios that, uh, hasn't opened up yet. No, it's closed. It's closed. Yeah, it's, it's uh, in the, it's in the process. There'll be all the equipment will be in here soon enough. Yeah. I like how thundering um, he sounds in there. People talk about my voice all the time. Listen to this fucking guy. He definitely amped it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's just um, the echo of the of the empty room. Yeah, we, we had to make do because us in the same room together, it just wasn't gonna work. So gotcha. We got because Rick, yes, Rick is up visiting from New York. So I'm visiting New York from Florida. So yeah. um we are actually so we're all in New York. In Queens. Yeah, well no, Rob. Oh yeah, yeah Rogan's outside. I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> we're not all only in New York. I was uh, I was banished to the bedroom, by the way. You might notice that I have a different background, but yeah. Because uh, there's there's a girl party going on out there. Okay, so you're happy. Not that so you're happy to be talking Superman three right now. Well, yeah, I said like you know, like, <laughs> like, like like all cool guys, I'm like I'm gonna go in and talk about Superman three. You gals have fun. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so I guess we are live from New York so, for the first time, <laughs> all together. Um, so wait, Morgan, right. what what you did what you did to, to your girlfriend is to say you you Margot kidded her in this movie. You went, hey, uh, I've got a show to do, so can you be here for five minutes and get the fuck out of here and come back in the last five minutes? Yeah, I'm in I'm in, I'm in the Bahamas right now. <laughs> Are you gonna get spray tanned as well when you come back? Come back with like terrible spray tan. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. We, we've been covering these Superman movies. This is actually the, the fourth one we've covered because we covered two versions of Superman uh, two. Um, I guess, I guess we'll we will we will pass this around. I'm gonna let 
Jason, I think I don't think you've started off one of these yet because I know we've been trying to bounce around. Your overall thoughts of Superman right. 3. We've all seen this movie before, but now as an adult, it could be a little different. What, what do you got? This movie is utter nonsense that has no like logic at all. Like, you guys know that the way I judge a movie, the reason that I can literally watch a movie in any genre and still appreciate it is because I look at the logic of the world, the writers and the filmmaker is set up. And all I do is go, did you follow that logic? If the logic in your movie is that dragons wear business suits and, and sell fucking neckties, as crazy as that sounds to me, if you set that up as a logical thing in your movie and then a, a dragon comes in in a suit selling neckties, I'm like, all right, yeah, this is cool. I can deal with this. They set this up. Nothing is set up in this movie. There's no logical consistency to anything. And on top of that, the movie doesn't... The movie has multiple personality syndrome. Like, the movie thinks it's a Superman, like, action movie, but in fact is a Richard Pryor comedy, and neither one are working. It is neither funny nor action-packed. Like, I don't understand who this movie is for, except for, I guess, Rick. Um, I don't understand why this movie exists, and I don't understand... And I don't understand why the Selkins were so proud of it, that they fucking put their name right forward in that ridiculous 15-minute slapstick montage at the beginning of this garbage. Like, I don't, I don't hate this movie. I just don't understand why it is. <laughs> so you don't hate it, but you just don't understand why it exists. My parents yeah, said that it. about that's me. It. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy wow. shit. Wow. So I'm used to that. Well played. Um, Rick, so go, please share. What were, your, what were your thoughts on Superman 3 overall? So uh, this wasn't the rewatch for all of us. This was the first time I'd ever seen this movie. Okay. Um, and coming into it, I was expecting worse than the Green Lantern movie. I was expecting like the most slapsticky, just horrendous garbage. And instead, I came out the other side with like this homage to Fight Club. Uh, and like this like really, like like you guys say, it's, it's two movies, right? It's two movies that interact. How come when Sliding Doors did that, nobody complained about it, you know? It, it's a it's a it's a thing that they can do in movies. Sometimes you can have two separate things, a and a B plot, take place, and then they interact at some point. Um, I thought uh, the silliness, what well, for silliness' sake, was stupid, and and it was like every fifteen minutes, like on the clock. Um, but I didn't hate this movie. I I, I enjoyed it. Sat down and watched it straight through. Uh, I was on an airplane flying to New York when I watched it. Uh, didn't go potty, you know. I was totally sober. I got my drink like as the movie was ending. Uh, I don't know. It was my favorite of the bunch. I wouldn't be silly enough to say it's the best of the bunch, but it's my favorite of the bunch that I've watched so far. Interesting. Okay. And you didn't jump out of the plane, which is something I would have – 
contemplated in your in your situation. I would have, I would have said, Superman, save me, and exactly. jumped out of the plane. Well, I would have had some skis. I could have been okay and just like yeah, why that another plane? Not shattered my ankles, <laughs> nothing like that. No, no. All right. Um, interesting, but Grogan, your on rewatch of Superman three. Horrible piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, it's like. I mean, from the beginning on, it sets its tone, and it's just, I mean, it gets worse, and it's like the worst, the worst parts of any superhero movie from the beginning to, like, the reunion and this, I mean, we'll get into all of it, but I mean, it's just bad all the way through, even on rewatching Bad Superman and the fight between him and Clark. Even that didn't measure up to what I remembered that to be, and I used to think at least we got that, but that didn't that didn't add up to me either. Finally, okay. finally, so I finally brought it. <laughs> you intended to defend that Superman to no end, and I'm like, guys, it's not as cool as you remember. It's not, and you're right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And Rick actually walked. Eddie in was Eddie was genuinely worried earlier when Superman went into the crusher, and he's like. Superman should be able to survive that. I was like, don't worry. <laughs> no, I wouldn't know what I said was <laughs> No, what I said was Superman is more powerful than that. So bad Superman should have just crushed Clark <laughs> and without needing the crusher because he's more powerful than that thing. Uh-huh. The movie did it. It, it made him think. It made him think. Well, we'll get some bad Superman <laughs> breaking down that whole fiasco because we have a point. I'm sorry, Grogan, go ahead. You're everything else? <laughs> Oh no! I said, you know, um, but yeah, from the the slapstick beginning is terrible, um, and like the bank robbery, and I'm like, is this guy robbing the bank because it happens to be a day where toy penguins are running into bombs and lighting themselves <laughs> on fire, or was he robbing the bank anyway? And only in this movie can you have a Superman rescue a guy whose car is flooding, but he's on the street. Thank you. That's in my notes. Superman saves uh, guy from drowning in car on land. That's what I wrote in my notes. It was ridiculous. the water not in the budget. Like the, the you can't ridiculous. throw a car in a river. <laughs> There's no time for that. No. Terrible. I think that is the perfect way to encompass this movie: is Superman saving a man from drowning in his own car while on land. Yes. That's all you need. If you, there's ever anything that describes this movie in a nutshell, that's actually it. Yeah, that, that lays the foundation. This movie, I honestly felt completely unwatchable. I'm hoping this is the last time I ever have to watch it in my entire life. And I said that after the last time I watched it, but I didn't have a podcast to talk about it on. But finally, <laughs> hopefully this is the end of it. And nothing ever, no bet, no anything could possibly make me watch this piece of crap ever you again. guys talk about like watching movies for this show as you know you do your homework this actually felt like homework yes it did <laughs> oh, I'd, yes, I'd, it rather, did. I'd rather do homework i was thinking back <laughs> on the work we had to do Hamlet in our senior lit class i'd rather be doing that yeah you know what jason you need to do an experiment with your students and offer them homework for <laughs> week or watch superman 3 and like you gotta come in and tell me about it. Like, <laughs> no. You gotta come in with one amazing fact about Superman three, or do homework. I, 
if I could get away with it, I would offer them, you could have three days where I force you to watch Superman 3 in class and you have to be here, or you can have a week where we do a Shea something Shakespeare. You choose. And I'm willing to bet that they'll, they'll all choose Superman 3 not knowing what it is, and halfway through, beg me for the Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I don't think one knows what Superman three. Like I, I told Jason and I, no. I think Rick earlier, was, one does not watch Superman three. They survive Superman three. <laughs> <laughs> it's really what it felt. It like, was a matter just, of survival. Just this opening, guys. Just this ridiculous opening where I don't remember everything that happened, and I refuse to take notes for this movie. <laughs> but the things I remember oh, I are. Nice. A blind individual with a seeing eye dog, and the seeing eye dog gets distracted and runs away after like a cat or something, which is right off the bat. It's like, guys, do you think they just pluck seeing eye dogs out of the fucking pound? That's not how seeing eye dogs work. They're not going to do that. If they did that, they wouldn't be helpful. Lots of blind people would die. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But wait, there's more. Because the blind guy goes, oh, hey, Chauncey, Chauncey, where are you? Oh, hey, obviously having a seeing eye dog lead me is just the same as pushing whatever this machine is. this for some destruction. And Superman puts a pie in someone's face at some point. What the yes. fuck, man? I felt like that was purposefully, too. That was not an accident. Who turns around like that? So you're saying Super Bully is back <laughs> exactly. again? Super Bully never left. And he definitely resurfaces a couple of times in this movie. Yeah, I definitely think that maybe this um, concocted kryptonite definitely brought Super Bully out. That's what the, we've seen. Super Bully was around in Superman too, and now he's like been let out of his cage. This is the movie that gave birth to Brightburn. Wow. <laughs> yes, I agree, I agree with that. Actually, I agree with that. <laughs> um, so I guess Tim Tim will be here to make some attempt to defend Superman three on some sort of level. Good luck, my friend. But he, but he is here. Oh God. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm not defending three. I'm just saying three is always be better than four. But we're not talking about four. We're talking about three. I'm just saying, for this guy down here, I'm Tim, just saying. I, I, Tim, I... That's I a next week conversation. When was, the last, when was the last time you saw this movie? I watched it recently for the, for the research. Okay. So oh, okay. are, are we right. out of place right. with anything okay. that we're saying so far? Do you disagree no, with any a, of it? No, it's a horrendous piece of shit. I'm not arguing that. Okay. <laughs> I thought maybe you and Rick were going to team up like the Wonder Twins now and try to defend this thing on some level. <laughs> Activate. Yeah. Uh, well, I had to leave the room while you were watching it earlier. Yes. And he was sitting in the living room rewatching it earlier. And I'm like, see? That kryptonite doesn't look the same. Oh, it's not glowing. Like, there was... Are you oh, in the bathroom? See what he did? Are you in the bathroom? <laughs> no, he's in my basement, actually. Oh, I thought he was in the bathroom. I was like, score. No, no. We're we doing the basement. I would rather watch Rick in the bathroom. <laughs> I agree. I actually agree. Me too. Um, we, so we also get Superman freezing a lake and throwing it on a bunch of I actually love that scene. 
Do you really? Yeah. Because okay. again, we've talked about this in the other episodes too, where it's like Superman's innovation, like that he thought of that to do that. Uh, and I like that he just comes up with all this shit. Oh, here's a big tube, slide down tube. Like that, that I'll give him. At least it's not a grab bag of powers where he's like, wait, I have a I have the ability to pick up my elbow and form a frozen lake. Because that probably would have happened in Richard Lester's Superman too. But before we before we even get to that, can we just talk about like before um, when they were at the Daily Planet and he's trying to pitch the thing to go to Smallville or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's talking about his high school reunion, and Jimmy Olsen says, uh, well, most of my friends are still in high school. Are we supposed to believe that that 40-year-old guy is, like, young? <laughs> I think it was that, or he's a predator who stalks high schools. Oh, that's, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that makes sense. That's the, that's the right one. Yeah, because he's obviously 40 years old. I agree with you. Really. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yes. That was a thing back then, though, where they would th cast, like, full-blown adults as teenagers. The Breakfast Club. <laughs> yes. That plot point that Grogan brings up is the first of many times where I go, what? Like, okay, so you are a fucking lead reporter in the Metropolis, whatever the fuck, Sun, Gazette, I don't even know what it's called. It doesn't matter. It's not called whatever it's called comic in this piece of shit movie. The Daily Planet. The Daily Planet. That's it. Thank you. Daily Planet. Yeah. Whatever. I, I was having selective <laughs> memory loss. But, but so you are a lead reporter here. One of the big two. And your your whole thing is, hey chief, I think uh, I think it'd be a great piece if I just uh, went back to my my high school reunion and wrote about that. Wouldn't you love that? And Perry White's like, yeah, that's fine. It's like, are you in your fucking mind? What does that have to do with Metropolis? Why are you writing about that? That is like a fucking puff piece that you give an intern. That is not lead journalist shit. Get out of here that Perry White would ever fucking okay that. Especially when guys are drowning on Third Avenue. There's bigger stories. <laughs> right. Guys, you know, you're dig Jason, you're digging a little deep. You're digging a little deep for that one. Uh, no, no, no. I, I agree no, with not him, though. I'm not dig I am not digging a little deep, Tim, because here's the thing. I accept... Any, I said this before you came on. I accept any reality or setup, logical reality setup in a movie. This movie sets up none, and it's just a fucking domino of happenstance. But, like, oh, oh says I'm unemployed. Oh, here, the who says fucking, the last couple of movies. They've established Clark as like a, a, the, a, a like highly thought of reporter at least at this point. How? Where? When? When did they actually say he was a good reporter? They they really Perry, it, yeah Perry compliments him about that. I don't know. I'm sorry, you're right, Tim. I'm always I'm always reading in the New York Times what's <laughs> going on in fucking dipshit Texas all the time about fucking. No, I'm just saying. I don't remember him ever being lauded to be in fucking. I I think I think I think you're reaching a bit and trying to defend this piece of shit. No, I just don't. Lois is the only one that ever gets any accolades from fucking Perry White or anybody. He might say, hey, nice, nice job, Kent. That doesn't mean he's the second best reporter. When he yeah. when he went on the trip with Lois, he was just there to take pictures. Yeah, he was there because she's a, he's a man. Right. And, and she he was a man, man because he's a good reporter. All right. 
remove second best reporter. He's a reporter for the Daily Planet. What the fuck did they give about what's happening in small uh, high school reunions and small town? All right, fine. He's the shittiest reporter in the Daily Planet. Why is Perry White picking up the bill for this? Oh, he did put him on a bus. <laughs> yeah, he's not picking up budget. Why is Perry White paying for that? He's bus? not staying at a hotel. Jason, I have a very easy explanation so the movie can happen. That's literally the only Dude, reason, exactly. I've yeah, I've hand waved so moment. much in this movie, I have carpal tunnels, all right? That's no joke. Um, so everyone in this movie is a klutz, by the way, throughout the entire film. Everyone is walking into things, banging into things, falling over stuff. It's almost like Richard Lester was just like, I'm just, I am an agent of chaos. And I just love to see people fall into shit, walking to walls, pies and faces. I, I don't even know what, what the hell was going on with half of the movie, but it doesn't stop. It goes on throughout the entire film. It's the 50 Stooges. Weird. Yes, exactly. It almost is like that. I was waiting for Superman to like grab someone's nose and smack it and everything. <laughs> John Ritter should have better movie. So better movie. I guess that that also I want to just mention Lois because that's going to be a very short conversation since Tim brought her up. Lois goes to Bermuda. Done. That's it. Out of sight, out of mind. Specifically, Superman and Clark's mind. In this movie, because she is the furthest thing possible that goes on in this movie, and there's a couple of scenes where he really forgets that she exists at, at any point in time. The whole Lana Lang thing. Wait a second, didn't he just go through this whole thing? No matter which version of Superman two you watch, where he could couldn't be with a mortal, otherwise he had to become one. That totally gets thrown out the window in this movie. Listen, when Superman's horny, he doesn't care. He's still about. I, I, I think that that was more about putting the more uh, the mortal at risk than yes. it was that his semen would blow through them. Like no, 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 no. I'm not. No, Rick, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> debating that. I'm not. I'm not saying that. But still, because he has plenty of sex in this movie. He does. <clears throat> <clears throat> but he aspires. <laughs> he aspires to be with mortals in this film on numerous occasions. You got, you got to get laid. And my, <clears throat> I guess so, but Jarrell told him my no, so did his mother. Again, whatever version of two you, you prefer. Well, Jarrell was also my married mother. at 15 years old. <laughs> Jarrell was married at 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll even give this movie the pass on not paying attention to what happened in the last movie. Fuck. <clears throat> whatever. Oh. <laughs> uh, here's, here's my issue. Here's my issue. Why did the writers and the Zelkins think that what the Superman fans really wanted was the Superman Lois romance to be completely destroyed to get him back with his former girlfriend? Like, or, or actually, she wasn't even his former girlfriend in this. That's just the comic book. Like, to get him with a small town girl he knew in high school, like, literally. Fucking fan. no one in the fan base was chomping at the bit to get rid of Lois Lane. That is literally one of the things super Superman fans like is that fucking relationship. <laughs> Let's get, get her out of here. Send her to fucking Bermuda and bring in this nobody with her fucking dipshit kid, <clears throat> drunk husband. 
What I love about uh, the yeah. husband, what I love about him was at the <coughs> reunion. I love that he just stands next to his picture, waiting for people to come over and hear football stories. <laughs> <laughs> He's worse That's than brilliant. Al Bundy with that shit. I know it's awesome. I'm doing that at the next IET reunion. You should. I'm gonna stand next to my own. <laughs> I'm gonna tell other people's stories. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna stand pi- uh, next to a picture of myself and tell stories about when I had hair. Like, look at that hair. Remember when I had that <laughs> hair? Oh, wasn't it great? <laughs> we also learned at the reunion that Superman plays piano. He did. <laughs> yes, he did. And uh, now that now that Grogan and Tim are here, so we opened up this show with Earth Angel. Is that a bit unnecessary to be in this movie? Did your mind immediately go back to the future when while watching Superman three? <laughs> No, it was a different version. Didn't matter. Anytime I hear a angel by anyone, you can sing it right now, and I would think of Back to the Future. What about Karate, what about Karate Kid Two? That's true. No, still, still goes through Back to the Future. Okay. No. No, I'm not saying. I'm not arguing. Just saying. Okay. okay. I actually that's, think Marvin Berry and the Starlighters was a better version than the original, but we'll discuss that some other time. I'm, I'm with you. On that. I think it is 100. You're right. <clears throat> um. But I guess also let's we can go ahead and talk about Richard Pryor's Gus Gorman in this movie. So his whole scheme that gets going is that apparently it's there's the half cent that gets lost in between your taxes get taken out and everything like that that just goes into God knows where, and he decides to start adding them up, and redirects it through computers to his own paycheck. No one does payroll at Wesco. There's no payroll department that actually does this, really. They don't exist. And a little and hard to I, believe. I think you you it's a little bit. You are jumping you are jumping over the biggest thing that is hard to believe in this. And Besides that is the computer thing? This man's no that no, this is it's he this this man starts off as an unemployed nobody <clears throat> uh-huh. in the in the unemployment office. Bums a, a match off of someone to smoke his cigarette and sees like, hey, want to be a computer programmer? Call this number. Goes. And it's like, it's not even that he has a natural ability because this man has obviously never seen a computer before. So that's impossible that he just knows all of this. It's like he's a mutant. This is a fucking X-Man. Like, just just <laughs> say that this man's superpower well, well. is that he can hack anything. What is it, Tim? Just defend that. Are you gonna? T- are you gonna tell? He's a metahuman. Say he's a metahuman. No, I'm gonna defend that because uh, Goodwill Hunting never saw a math book before. He could do math. Beethoven Ooh. just looked at the piano. He knew how to play. Uh, certain people just fucking just Zuckerberg. They just know shit. He's just probably one of those guys who figured it out on his own. And again, I'm not defending. That's how, I, that's how I took it. That's how I see. He was just automatic <laughs> Beethoven. I don't know what the fucking piano is, but I'm going to do this. Writes fucking 50 fucking classical pieces of music. Mark Zuckerberg books at the computer, can fucking do whatever he wants with one. That's that's all how I. It's not me defending it like super plot point. Ooh, I'm just saying okay. that's how I always saw the movie. He was some kind of like mistaken genius. But but, but here's, here's the difference with that. Um, Beethoven knew what a fucking piano was before he actually started writing sonatas. Beethoven didn't go, what the fuck is that? But he never took the lesson. No, but he had a natural gift. He grew up, there was 
pianos. He was forced uh, into... Yes, but he knew what a piano was, Tim. He knew what a piano was. This man never saw a computer in his life. And then let me remind you that by the end of this movie, this man is going... I've looked, um, I want to look at these notes. I've got a supercomputer that I just imagined. Beethoven didn't go, look at these notes. I've created the piano to destroy all pianos. The man was good at piano. This fucking guy is just, he's got superpowers. Why are you trying to apply logic to a Superman movie? Because you have to follow the <laughs> No, like we've said before, you have, to, stuff. You, have to have, no, you create your own logic and you have to follow it. Well, this movie is clearly written by people who don't know what computers do. Because every single aspect of this movie, it's just like, oh, do this for me. Ooh, do a computer. Computer, 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 yeah, let's, computer, computer. Let's remember that in this movie, apparently. Yes. It's not much to be a computer programmer because all you have to do is type create a tornado. Yes, yeah. it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, it's not like you're, you're, you're making algorithms here. You're just typing what you want it to do on a green screen and just doing it. Yes, computers so just have the ability the to make anything happen. Type. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's where the logic goes out the fucking window, of course. <laughs> Imagine if he had Google. Oh, yeah. forget it. Forget it. <laughs> But like again, he's just he, he keeps explaining it away. The computer, how'd you do that? I don't know. I just did it. What will your computer That's do? That's my problem. It will do anything you tell me to tell it to do. All right. See? So even he don't know. <laughs> but even but he also the big master plan in this is for him to trick computers to do things they're not made to do. You're telling me computers can't make it rain. I don't think so. <laughs> But apparently, we- but apparently, think- weather trackers can make weather in this I, movie. I, I think Cobra Commander would highly disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so they have the weather dominator in this film, Tim. We, we, we've seen this. We've seen this elsewhere. Cobra Commander is the villain. Better movie. Oh, yeah. oh for sure. There's no question about it. But unfortunately, we got Richard Pryor instead of Cobra Commander. Is he the villain though? But he's not even the villain. Oh, he's like I mean, a Robert. No, Robert Vaughn is in this, who's probably who's such a discount store Lex Luthor in this, it's crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he is. That's who he is, because he doesn't even, like, his thing is, oh, I have evil schemes, and can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Make the computers do this for me. And they just do anything. It doesn't matter. Anything he can think of. It just... And then at the end of the movie, he knows how to use the computers somehow. Did he go to the class, too, that, that Richard Pryor did on the back of the, the match? The four-hour course? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Did you... So a lot of his plans were, like, to cripple industries yes. more than make a bunch of money. Well, to make him make the money, because he would be the only source to get it. Yeah, but at a point, he just wanted to cripple everything. <clears throat> because he wanted to be the only source that has everything. His, his I hate greed line, I was starting to wonder if this guy was trying to end <laughs> all greed. And if not for Superman's interference, he could have been the hero here, including his own greed. Including his own greed. I like how he. I like how he said that uh, Colombia has two exports, and one of them's coffee, and just didn't mention. Cocaine. Didn't mention the other one exactly. Because you know, if anybody, if anybody would be really hurt by Colombia being devastated, it'd be Richard Pryor. <laughs> wow. He made the same on the script. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. 
Richard Pryor asked him to not put that in the script. He's like, <laughs> so by the way, how does Gus Gorman know that Lana Lang's husband Brad is going to be the security guard and is a crazy alcoholic? It's the computer told him. Really? It's the computer <laughs> told him. <laughs> exactly. He shows up with this walking huge suitcase of liquor, and they both get wasted. <laughs> so that Richard Pryor could do his drunk thing. Yes, exactly. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Right. I mean, so he could like play and like, uh, I can't see, and this guy's getting an ATM working for him, and it's like, oh. <laughs> Oh, the streetlights don't work because I somehow tapped into that from a small yes. computer in Smallville. So, the guys fighting. Yes, I was about to say. Can, can we get to that? What happens when he starts making the traffic lights go crazy that the walk and don't walk guys get and they start fighting? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What the fuck movie yes, are we oh, in? Yeah. Computers could do yeah. anything. <laughs> the, listen, the streetlight was doing what it's not supposed to do. His plan was working. There's a pineapple to the face. <laughs> I, I mean, there's, there's just so much crazy shit that, that goes on here. I actually think by the end of this movie, I might understand where this where this movie was trying to do, but didn't execute it very well. They were trying to set up Bizarre World. Well, it's, like, it's, like Jay, well, it's like Jason, but Jason's always been saying the Richard Pryor thing, that it's a Richard Pryor, like, everything that Richard, he was doing like a character. Yeah. Like in every so when he showed up with his big thing of booze to get into there, he was doing I, I read it in I got I'm dating myself here, but Mad Magazine. Yes. I used to love Mad Magazine when I don't know yes. if they even still have it. It's funny. But they did a thing where they made fun of Eddie Murphy doing his dumb Caucasian guy accent. Mm -hmm. And they said, and he stole it from Richard Pryor, who in turn stole it from a dumb Caucasian guy. <laughs> and uh but yeah he's doing his white voice and you know like i mean yeah. he so you give him that and then he did his drill sergeant thing and he was just probably making it up as he went and each each thing gave him his little platform that's all it was was about yeah i think that's i mean i don't think you're far off yeah or the bizarre world mm -hmm. <laughs> like we did so, maybe so we got bizarre maybe Superman. evil superman is bizarro superman that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think evil Superman is bizarre or Superman? I guess I guess it has become that time that we should address these Superman. So apparently in this film, there's a synthetic kryptonite that is made that doesn't kill Superman. It makes him... Tim, I mean, Rick, what did we... We called him minor inconvenience Superman. Yeah, so That's really kind of what he is. He's not even really bad. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to be a minor inconvenience to people. I am going to straighten the Tower of Pisa. I am going to blow out the eternal like Olympic flame. I am going to do little things to tweak people, but nothing particular. Oh, he's going to have sex. Okay, like that's what bad super. Come on, it's so weak. I mean, it, it's. It, I'm telling you, we remembered it as kids a lot cooler than it is. Watching it now, like this is just fucking. Sick. And I love how I love how like to make Superman bad. Okay, let's. We're gonna show that he's bad, and all those like minor things that you saw it's about, but yeah, also so like, to give someone a wedgie or something, or you yeah. know, like that. <laughs> so apparently, and it's like a little bit of a darker uniform, and he doesn't so, do his laundry like, for a week. Yeah, so I'm like, if 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 like not doing your laundry and being full of tar, apparently, and not shaving and drinking and 
facial hair. He didn't shave. Yeah, and trying to get laid. If that makes you bad, then I'm fucking Vladimir Putin. I mean, Jesus. I do all these things. It's it's. I'm sorry. I just think it's really lame. It's it's not as cool as I remember being at all. And by the way, the Fight Club thing that Rick was talking about is 100 percent true. This the whole scene with him fighting himself or Clark. He's fighting a costume of him that he created that he wears once in a while. So that should have been a Fight Club moment where people were watching and it was just Superman kicking the shit out of air and throwing himself around with nobody else there. <laughs> That's what I think happened. Now, if we would have gotten to see that, I'm sure it would have been slapsticky. It already was. Yeah. <laughs> it already was in the fight that it is. I'm going to defend the scene for one reason and one reason alone. Not that it's a good scene, because it's not. Um, I do think it's really, it really does show uh, the Christopher Reeve's acting ability, because he essentially yes. is playing Clark Kent versus an, an evil Superman. That I'll give you. And acting wise, I think he sells it. Okay. Tim, I think so you I'm said that last that. week or the week before that. You were you were sending that said you felt was the strong point of uh oh, Bad I, Superman. I, this Bad Superman has always been the best part of this whole movie. Um Great. yeah, he's not bad, you know, he's not up fucking killing people. But yeah, you know, it's a minor inconvenience, sure. But you know, I don't like call him, he's a dick. He's not even evil, he's just being a real dick. And I just like that. I love Christopher Reeve as bad Superman. I think he's fucking hysterical. And again, the fight. It wasn't as cool when I was a kid. No. Yes, it's cheesy, though. Still, I thought it was cool enough to be considered the best part of the entire movie. The whole Bad Superman part is 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 it. If you shrink that movie down to 20 minutes, that's the fucking 20 minutes I need to watch. I can care shit about the rest of it. The worst part, actually, the worst thing that Bad Superman does, I think, in the actual, that's scary, is the first thing. When he refuses to help the people because he's yeah. trying to get laid by a lot of yeah. life. Yes. Oh, I always show up on time. Let's get, let's relax. And she, she's like, I'm about to get assaulted by Superman. <laughs> she does have that look on her face, yeah. right? Like, hey, there's a bridge. Yeah. Wait, before we move on from bad Superman, oh, bad man, Superman yeah. or bad Spider Man? So I don't know a bad Spider Man. I thought bad Spider Man 3, Spider -Man 3. And Emo Spider Man. <laughs> I'll I'm take go drunken, Superman disorderly yeah. Superman owned. Yeah. Flicking flicking peanuts in the bar is fucking fantastic. Look at the people's faces. Like, oh my God, this fucking super strong alien is. I mean, what, what can you do? You yeah, I love how someone says thing. someone in the bar is like, leave him alone. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to leave? He could pick up a mountain and throw a car. You, you want to fucking go, hey, can you not do that, please? I don't give a no. shit if you had Patrick Swayze there. No one's bound to fucking You're nice until it's time to Swayze walks over. By the way, can I be that guy? Can I be that guy for a second? What? Can I be that guy? <laughs> Brad and be Lana never too. married. Brad is not the kid's father. He's just a drunken asshole who never got over her being the boyfriend from high school. It's a funny she, thing you mentioned that because I kind of that's the way I took that that Brad character in this movie. She she I'm married like, someone else. Her? She married someone else and he left and left the kid. And Brad is just basically the I went I went back to my hometown to stalk the uh 
prom queen girl. They were never okay. Met. So we're, me and Tim, me and you were on the same page because that's the way I took it. And I'm like, so does Brad just follow her around everywhere? Because yes. at the end of the movie, he shows up when they're in Metropolis, and yeah, he, she was he, supposed he, to have dinner with Superman. Why was Brad there? He's not the kid's father either. He's just he's just stalking her basically. Doesn't she say? And I might be wrong because I wasn't fully paying attention when I watched this. But doesn't she you. say in the bowling alley scene that um, we, you know, he's he's embarrassed about this and his father's already drunk? Like, doesn't she say something like that? Or did I did well, I she, mistake? She that? says she married a guy named Donald. Donald something. Oh, okay. She, yeah, that's, not, right, that's not the kid's that. father. Yeah, Brad's not the yeah. kid's no, father. Wow. She just says. She just says. He's already drunk. Yeah, he. Yeah, right. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon, he said he's drunk. already drunk. Glad was there. So, so uh, Tim, I like that. No, Tim, that's a good catch because I Nicely was wondering done. if I was if I missed something here. But with this movie, I didn't want to stop it and rewind it and keep going back. So I just kind of ran with it. And was hoping I was going to learn at some point. But well, when, you, a, when, you, when you guys said that, that, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's not the kid's father. So I looked at, I looked a little thing up, and the father's name is Donald. And yeah. I remember her, there was a dialogue where she said mm-hmm. Donald because she she married him out of high school, and then he but he ended up leaving, and then Stalker Brad who never left the town, fucking tried to jump back on that for twenty years or whatever it was. So I want to also mention that Superman is fucking sadistic because he goes ahead. And this is not even this is not Bizarro Superman, which I do think that this bad Superman thing was probably inspired by Bizarro. Like maybe the writers looked at Bizarro and were like, all right, maybe well, this is how we're gonna do it. Um, he goes ahead and saves Ricky from that tractor, what of the whatever the fuck that farm thing was that combine, was gonna, the combine, yes. combine. All right, sorry, I didn't know the name of it. Combine's about to run him over. The dog is licking his face, trying to wake him up. We don't ever see how he gets knocked out. By the way, he's just knocked out. The dog is licking his face. He saves Ricky. Then the dog is just magically over there in like a sewer. Did Superman go ahead and save Ricky and then throw the dog in the sewer so he can have a cover for why Clark was doing something? That's how I took it. Yeah. I'm just saying, bully Superman again. Without any without any synthetic kryptonite. Finding his way through these films. The dog inconvenienced him knocking out the kid off screen. Yes, so minor inconvenience, Superman. I don't even want to call him Bizarro or bad <laughs> Superman. Minor also, inconvenience, Superman. I also noticed how when Superman stopped that, he looks at the driver like he's a piece of shit. Like, was I supposed to be looking out for <laughs> clumsy children? Well, and yeah, who knocked himself out somehow? Or you knocked him out? Yeah, Sleeping yeah. in the stacks? I mean... Yeah. Like, what the oh, fuck? Also, why did he have you to destroy that? Why did he... Yeah, Jason, good. I'm sorry. Why did he have to destroy that combine? He's faster than speeding. Right. He could have rescued that kid, like just put him out of the way. He literally stops, puts his arm out, and you see the combine grind to a halt and crush. The man, Superman just destroyed this man's livelihood because he was doing whatever the fuck a combine does. And now that guy needs now that guy needs farm aid. And you know. <laughs> and 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 it's gotta be it's gotta be traumatic. <laughs> Traumatic to get yelled at by Superman for something that's not your fault. Yeah, right. look. Yeah. Superman hates me. He was just at work doing his job. It, he his might not have been supposed to have been at work that day. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, you, know, you know, 10-year-olds lay in his field every day. So, you know, I, he, he should have been looking out for them. <laughs> Meanwhile, this guy's eating dog food at a fucking picnic, and now he's judging me. <laughs> <laughs> How did we not get to that food. scene yet? Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, Rogan. Oh, it's good, it's good, Lana. It's really good. What does a dog eat? <laughs> it's Kryptonian. He probably doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Super Alpo in the, in the Forces of Solitude that may or may not exist again. Who the hell knows? Wait, guys, what about this? What about this? What if, because he's Kryptonian and not from Earth, all food to him is like dog food? Because we're all <laughs> like fucking animals to him. <laughs> well, Does Superman need to eat? Have we ever seen him eat on yeah. screen? No, but he no. says he eats in the looking yeah. through Lois's underwear yeah. interview. Yeah, in the first movie, he does say <laughs> that. He does. But do we ever see him eat? No, we don't. We don't see him take a shit either. No. I'm saying E.T. ate off of photosynthesis and did not eat things. Reese's Pieces. Superman. They might not eat things on Krypton. This might be. He might. Well, I mean, he has super souffle in the time. <laughs> so he does. He must. He must eat something. And he apparently drinks. Why would he have it in the fridge? True. I also just wonder if the liquor should have been affecting him or not. That's I don't true, know about too. that. I don't know about that. What does it take to get Superman drunk? A lot of heroin. More than exactly, Jason. <laughs> we're handwaving like crazy now. Well, yeah. if it took Andre the Giant that much to drink, <laughs> Superman probably doesn't drink a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, probably an entire distillery. He has to drink the blood of Andre the Giant. There you go. <laughs> Rogan, you want to talk about skiing, skiing on the side of a building? Yeah, one of the many things that's just completely This has always pissed you off, that's why. Yeah. Um, again, just so that he can walk around with his, you know, pink blanket and do a stupid ski walk in the middle of the street. I mean, again, stupid. The whole thing. <laughs> um, Although I did love the, like, actually, like, this guy wasn't that, I liked him as a bad guy. He's not, he's no Lex Luthor, but what's his name? The uh, Robert Vaughn. Yeah. I actually like that. Like I asked you to do one simple thing, kill Superman. You couldn't even do. It. I like. I like that. <laughs> it's campy, but I don't know. I thought he was kind of like a good villain. I mean, as far as this goes. Did you notice, by the way, the minor inconvenience Superman? His theme is also like Zod's theme. It's yeah. the same music that they were destroying playing. monuments and. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was interesting is that when he snaps out of it. And he decides, you know, I've decided to do my laundry, so therefore I can save people again. I <laughs> He flies off, and he first takes care of the oil tanker. The second thing he does, he goes back to this chick's apartment. What was he going to undo there? Her. I'm just curious. What was he going to undo exactly? Was he going to go there and spin the world around and make it like they didn't have sex? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to sign this. I need to sign this legal document saying that you never had super penis in you. Can you just do that? For me? <laughs> I just thought that was kind of weird. Well, I'm like, wait, what were you going to undo there, my friend? And then well, obviously he gets sidetracked. What I love also is that, like, so when he's, when he's, you know, fighting himself and fighting Clark, like, it's great that Superman just knows how to use all these fucking machines. Yeah. Well, everyone knows how to use machines in this movie. Yeah, like he just, yeah, oh, this is the button that crushes him, and this is yeah. the button that does this. And like all of a sudden, he's like this blue, like again. And then when he puts the oil back, he got welding. You know, I mean, yes. apparently he got really blue collar when he was like bad. You know <laughs> That's what fun that shit. he was doing? Yeah, he was just learning skills. I like it. Um, Another C. Grogan that's always kind of really pissed you off is the missiles firing or the rockets firing and them getting points for missing. Which definitely 100% happens. Um, 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't missiles and rockets kind of useless against Superman? That's A. B, it looks like they it looks like they prototyped a video game. Yeah. Yeah. That yes, they were probably why? trying to push. And like there's no reason it should give you points for anything. No, unless you hit him. Even and if you still shouldn't work. Points? What points are you getting? Yeah, you're a minor inconveniencing Superman. It's like, oh, that tickles. That is my least favorite thing in this idea. movie. Crazy idea. I'm going to shoot rockets at a super-powered alien. How about it doesn't look like I'm playing a fucking Atari game or a Nintendo game, and I just actually have cameras. I just have eyes on fucking Superman where I can actually in real time hurt him and not this weird video game thing with video game music. We had developers program this video game, and we had comp- we had developers create the music, and we had a score point, and we did that all, by the way, do you know how long it took them to uh, to make this computer? Does any did anyone catch how long like the time oh, frame this movie takes place in? What was it? Probably an afternoon. Three weeks. Three <laughs> weeks. Okay. The, the movie takes place in three weeks because Lois Lane is gone on her vacation. They say at the end of the movie for three weeks. So all of this takes place in three weeks, including the fact that Richard Pryor goes, "I've got drunken bar napkins. Can you turn this into a supercomputer?" And then they do. And they put rockets and they hollow out a fucking mountain. And this is all done in the span of three weeks. That's madness. That's super villain stuff. Yeah. I'm going to defend arcade mode. I'm going to defend arcade mode here. What? What what does a Tesla sound like when you drive it around? No idea. Nothing. However, it has a mode you can put it in where it does fake engine sounds. There's even a mode where it farts instead of making engine sounds. Sounds about so, right. So arcade mode on a supercomputer is just as stupid as making your car make fake sounds. But he, they, but with the logic of computers in this film, he could have just random. Robert Vaughn could have just literally said, "Make the computer see him," and then cameras would have appeared, and they would have already been working, and they could have seen him. It's the best computer ever. It By is. the way, it, super... it makes Cerebral look like shit. <laughs> this computer would have defeated Ultron. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> it would have. When Superman shows up, he does the greatest, I mean, one night stand line ever. Where she's yes. like, What about us? And he's yes. like, Well, that wasn't me. That was another guy. Sorry. And yeah. she's devastated. That guy's gone. <laughs> she yeah. got super penis. And that was good guy, Superman, that said that. Uh, have you ever used yes, that line, Grogan? Yes, he actually... I was telling these guys on another... Uh, that's a great line, and I probably have. But that's a great line. And in WandaVision, when Vision just goes... Like, White Vision's like, I am Vision, and jumps out the window. That's another thing I've done on One Night <laughs> <laughs> That's my move. Hey, I, I, get, I, I get all my one night stand moves from superhero movies. Yeah, you have to remember though, you talk about the missiles. Every Superman movie or cartoon or anything has someone shooting him with a gun, knowing it's not going to work. Oh, yeah. so I, I think that's just natural villain stupidity. Even Superman Returns, the fighting machine of the guy, it's like, all right, the first 7,000 bullets didn't work. Let's try the next 7,000. Well, one of them Let's in this one at least work. sent him reeling a little bit. I mean, it. Oh, that was the missile because it yeah, wasn't yeah, the yeah. rocket; it was the missile. The big okay, it was a minor inconvenience, but yeah, minor but every, every every Superman <laughs> movie had someone 
like hitting him over the head with a club and like, oh, that didn't work. Of course it didn't work, you asshole. He's a fucking superpowered alien. I can oh, tell you super- one. I can tell you one when it didn't happen. Which one? The Donner cut. It doesn't happen. Cut. He was too busy. The Donner cut. I'm just saying they don't. Is that, no, no, you made me think for a minute. I was actually thinking through it for a second. I'm like, wait a second. When doesn't that happen? Because he's actually right about this. Oh, it happens in Superman Returns. It happens in... Uh, yeah. Great uh, scene, though, in Superman Returns. I thought visually that was awesome. Yeah, with a shoot in the eye. Yeah, that was yeah when cool. the bullets are, like, bending and everything. Mm. I'm just saying, so I'm not defending the rockets, but, you know, some people just like, maybe this rocket will work this time. No, it's stupid. It's not going to work. Well, what I like is, so the supercomputer finds I guess your weaknesses and apparently unless you're Superman everyone's weakness is getting shot in a laser with a stomach and put up against the wall. Yeah apparently <laughs> apparently that's that's what it does to everybody. Yes. Unless you're Superman. Yeah. And it found Superman's two weaknesses, I guess, one of them being a plastic ball because it knows Thank about you. the cellophane S. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. See now now that is where I've always had the major problem because you can breathe in space, you can breathe underwater, but you can't breathe inside a fucking dodgeball. No, Come you can't. Here. Tim, I'm gonna just uh, say that one thing stupid. that we've, we've talked about some really dumb shit in this movie. This plastic bubble that gets fired at him to suffocate him because there's even say that oh we're gonna like he can't breathe. That's the the single dumbest thing in this entire movie. It is. I agree. Oh, we're gonna suffocate Agreed. Superman. Agreed. Really, Meanwhile, really. he's always in outer space. Exactly. Really, this is what you're gonna do. Nice job. Good job, Cobra Commander. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous thing ever. I mean, uh, it slowed him down more than the rockets. I know it's much worse than the rockets. We're going to suffocate Superman? Really? Come well, like I said, I mean, the cellophane S worked on these guys. He should have thrown the cellophane S back at it and it could have collided and taken out the plastic. <laughs> we could have started a battle between the cellophane S and the plastic. Yeah, what is this man the movie end? It was ahead of its time. Global warming and plastic killing us all. And, yeah. Has anyone pointed out that yeah. Jason looks like Superman? Because his, his head is I do Jason. True, you're carrying Richard Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm apparently Richard Pryor's dick. Story of my fucking yes. life. <laughs> well, I mean, who wouldn't you if you were carrying Richard Pryor? Um, Tim, you want to talk about the thing of uh, made from your nightmares with the uh, robot woman that gets made out of completely nowhere? Yeah, like I said, there's two parts of this movie that I like that, that I will always defend. Uh, the fight in the junkyard, I always, I'll always like it, and that's some scary ass shit when he turns her into that freaky ass robot. I used to be like, God damn, that's fucking nightmare fuel. Um, and now you look at it, you're like, all right, it's a little kind of ridiculous. It's still but, creepy. I'm with you on that. Yeah, but back it's in the day, I've never seen it before. It was creepy as shit. I was like, oh my god, look at this, and she comes out all gross and everything. I don't know. I, I but again, she had super. Uh, beam to Tractor the stomach beam. power. Beam to yes, the stomach. Yes. Yeah, beam no. to the stomach. So, uh, I, mean, I, I Rick, like that scene too. As, as a Rick, kid, is that scarier than anything as in Terrifier too? What did you say? I said, oh, oh sorry, Jason. We'll get to you in a second. Rick, is the yeah. robot woman at the end of Superman three scarier than anything in Terrifier too? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I put her scarier <laughs> than half of the movie. <laughs> Definitely not the post-credit scene. If okay. any of you ever see Terrifier 2, do not watch the post-credit scene 
you'll like lose years off your life. Don't do it. Yeah. I'm gonna wow. go right after this time. Go on YouTube. <laughs> you know, you know, you said to me. You had a death wish. This moment here for me scared the shit of me when I was a kid. Uh, Tim, I'm with you. I remember watching this movie as a kid going, I don't understand this. Why is Richard Pryor in the Superman movie? Why is Superman this Richard Pryor movie? What is any, any of this going on? And then that woman emerges from the supercomputer. And I, as a kid, I was like, I remember, I, I didn't remember my reaction. I still remember being scared by that moment. Rewatching it now, I'm like, Doctor Who did it better, but still kind of creepy to think like because it was still shocking. Like she's like, no, 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 we're gonna get out of here, and then the computer just absorbs her. Yeah. So like it looks crappy, but still, still a scary concept. Yeah. Tim, is there a we, oh, now I was gonna say before we get off of scary, was uh, did Large Marge from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure ever affect any of you negatively? Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, it didn't freak me out. I mean, not personally. I didn't meet no, her, but no. I'm saying it was. Uh, <laughs> she no. I mean, when I was a little kid, and I saw. I mean, I don't know how, how old was I when that came out. Probably eighty five. Yeah, I was five, six years old. So yeah, I mean, when she like her face went like that, yeah, crazy. Later on, it's just great. But <laughs> <laughs> when you were a little kid, as a kid, I I had seen Beetlejuice first before I had seen this. So when that happened, I was like, all right, that's like the Beetlejuice gag. Like, so it didn't freak me out. Gotcha. Um, so I think it's one of the most anticlimactic endings to these Superman movies that we've seen, where he just goes ahead and tilts over the Leaning Tower of Pisa again. That guy gets pissed off at him again, curses him, and then that's it. He does the whole fly by the earth, and that's it. Now, that's the end of the movie. Before that, can I just ask you guys a couple of questions? The green shit, the computer. Oh out, yes, the is that kryptonite? Did uh, the, the computer the, figure that out, or the what? Ray, the, the rays that were being shot at him yeah. were kryptonite rays. They do say that, and then him getting a bat of acid out of nowhere and just decides to. Well, he carried it around as a souvenir from when he dropped the lake. Yeah, because that's how it was. <laughs> it was in the back of his red underwear the whole time. Can I take one of these in case I get attacked by a supercomputer thing? He borrowed Batman's utility belt. He said, that's it out all. For his own. <laughs> but yeah. Far from but the worst with this. He, he outsmarted Lex Luthor in the other movie, you know, by, by reversing the, the machine. And then in this one, he outsmarted the machine. He's like Batman, but he's Superman. <laughs> wow! Don't ever say that again, Rick. Don't ever say that, again. <laughs> that, that should be on the next poster. He's, he's like Batman, but no. he's Superman. <laughs> no, no, it shouldn't be. <laughs> oh man! All right, so I, I would have to definitely say you can give final thoughts on this thing, and don't jump the gun with it. But up until now. To me, this is by far of the three super, of the four Superman movies we've watched now. This is head and head and shoulders by far the worst, without even uh, without a shadow of a doubt. But Richard Lester Superman Two is like the Godfather compared to this. Who do you Jason? want to go first? Jason, go. Ahead. We'll, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go clockwise. We'll go right. Do not start with four. four start next with week. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't talk about four at all. I will talk about four next week. week. But this 
again, this was just baffling. I just had so many questions. Like, honestly, I could have just spent this whole time running through the fucking unanswerable questions I had about this movie. Like, I don't think it was... It was I was going to say it wasn't well-written. I don't think it was written. I think they were just <laughs> like, hey, we got Richard Pryor. Just go improvise some shit. Like, go, go do some Superman shit in there. Like, what does that mean, Mr. Zelkin? I don't know. We fired Richard Donner. He was the one who knew this shit. Just go fucking Superman it. And that was this movie. Like, I, I don't understand why anything happens... I, I don't understand why this movie is. That's all I'm gonna say. That that's my that's my big thing. I don't know why this exists. Oh, Tim, Superman three is the worst movie up to this moment, but it will not be the worst movie after the next two. That's we'll, all I'm gonna we'll say. fight about that next week. No, next but two. What's what's next after two? Are you, wait, are you... four? What's after four? I mean, we were gonna we're gonna cover uh, Supergirl, then we're gonna do returns. Uh, there you go. So the next uh, two okay. you're gonna cover are gonna be way worse than what we saw for Superman three. That's all I'm gonna say. That's gonna be that's. In, I'm curious to see if this sticks, but I'm probably with you on this. But I'm gonna see if this sticks. I'm trying to be open minded. Even, even if Grogan somehow convinces all of us to fucking love Superman four and get tattoos and shit, which I will. It's not. <laughs> it's not gonna be Supergirl. So. Yeah, but no, I, I said I'll defend the fucking uh, junkyard scene and, and the creepy fucking robot bitch. But other than that, this movie ends. It's fucking god awful. Okay. Um, Grogan? Well, real quick, the end, he's like flying Richard Pryor. Yes. And he says that they're going, the three of them are going to have to deal with the police. So that means that the chick survived the computer takeover. Yes. Somehow. Yeah, she just got turned over to the cops. That's it. Yeah, like once once he threw her in that pit or whatever, all the metal fell off of her. And yeah, she yeah, was yeah, normal again. One, two, three. It's, it's okay. easy. Yeah. <laughs> and also, again, just to end the movie, he drops Richard Pryor off at this, you know, coal mining spot and says, "Hey, do you have a computer here? Give this guy a job." That's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they and offer like, him a job. Yeah, and these two workers, the like, workers boss, offer him the job. The boss, the boss has a computer, and then Superman's like, you know, tell your boss, and they offer him the job, like they, like they're fucking recruiting. <laughs> and he says no, <laughs> and he says yeah. no. And he turns it down. It was a make believe job. <laughs> yeah. Hey, does he have a computer? Because this guy can type. Hey, what's, a better, what's who's a better reference than fucking Superman? Well, yeah, but I mean, you can't just drop a guy off. True. In the middle of a quarry? Come on. No. <laughs> you know. He doesn't know our database. Gus Gorman knows everything. He, well, he is the database. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll make the computer crush coal into diamonds because exactly. computers can just just type crush Which, coal into diamonds. Yeah, crush coal, get me diamonds. Boom, <laughs> done. So. Fire half. You can fire half your staff now that Gus Gorman's there. But anyway, it was terrible. And like I said, I'll defend for next week. But I mean, this. I mean, like I said earlier, I can't even even the bad Superman part that I remember being my one defense of it didn't. I mean, it was just it's a rough watch the entire way through. And even though I own it, I don't intend to watch it again. <laughs> All right. So the two of us have swore this movie off for the it. rest of our lives now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Rick. This was the hidden gem in the series. Oh, Jesus. 
It was, it was uh, art, art house. It was probably the first comic book art house film that we've oh seen. Gosh. I mean, you gotta, you gotta imagine the people that grew up watching this, you know, created Brightburn, created Fight Club, created, I don't know, th this movie must have birthed 50, 60 movies we've already seen. Including wow. Tara, probably, probably all direct to video. Probably. Uh, the only thing missing for this film for me was probably Chloe Savagne. Everything else was there. Wow. Uh, the villain, <laughs> one thing that we all glanced right over, the villain surrounded himself with geniuses. He had the incidental genius and Richard Pryor. His sister was a genius in like plans and working supercomputers. And the blonde chick in scenes that nobody else was in the room, she was seen reading books and, and speaking in a different tone of voice and having like epiphanies. And then somebody would walk in the room and she'd hide the book. I mean. Wasn't that after Super Penis though? What are you saying? He made her smarter with the Super Penis? Yes, exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> But uh, he gave her the crystal. He I, probably Richard Pryor <laughs> gave her the crystal. <laughs> he gave her the green crystal. That's where the green crystal was in this whole movie. Because it doesn't it appear was, in this movie. But uh, yeah, this movie was definitely. Uh, it was. I know that it was hampered by things. Supergirl was supposed to be introduced in it. It was supposed to have aliens and like different dimensions and all this stuff that never came to be. What, this George Lucasfilm Lord or what? This was definitely written in a weekend. Um, I don't know. I it's probably the only one I would rewatch. Oh my god! It's oh probably my. the only one I would. Oh my! That is painful. No, it doesn't shock me with Rick. No, it doesn't shock. I me would expect Rick to deal with that. Rick, Rick, I have to ask you a question. How does it give me a masochist sometimes? To how does it feel to be the one person in the f in time and space that this movie was made for? That's got to feel special that someone made a movie just for you. It is. And I've never seen it all these years. <laughs> so I went into it with, I, I didn't recall any scenes. I didn't have any deja vu. I had no idea what was going to lead to what. Like, this was like me discovering that Netflix had a hidden season of, of Daredevil. Like this was uh it was unique, you know. I gotta watch I gotta watch thousands of bad movies to find a movie like this that's bad, but I can see like you know, I can like <laughs> I can like enjoy the badness of it. Dude, it's really it's really like it's close. But I'll say this movie is the second worst thing to happen to Christopher Reeve. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Holy shit! It's close up. It's close. Four is worse. So we'll talk about it. <laughs> All right, Tim, well, I'm not saying you're wrong because I haven't seen it four in a long time, but I three, can't imagine it. I can't imagine it. Four, three horses. Those are the top three right there. Four, three. <laughs> I, guys, I will. I will say this, Rick. You are a big proponent of the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Out of out of a hundred, watch movies all the time. Yeah, out of a hundred thousand 
plus ratings. Superman 3 has a 23% audience score. Wow, I'm shocked it's that high. You well, are the, you know, Rick you Spencer had a ton of voting. That's what I'm saying. He is, somebody is in the 23%. There's five of us. I'm 20% of the vote here. <laughs> Mathematically. It, it, it's facts. It tracks. It's tomatoes, baby. It's very The funniest thing about it is you guys know I love to be argumentative and contrarian sometimes just to have fun. Like, I'm not even being that here. Like, I genuinely enjoyed this movie. Like, I, I watched this. Awesome. I knew people were gonna hate it. Like I'm watching it, and I'm like, people are gonna hate this. I don't you know what it is. What it is. I like Rothko too. So you know, things are different. Different strokes for different folks. Listen, absolutely. It's listen. Film is subjective, right? It's it's whatever yeah. the hell you get out of it. Right. But I will say that the it's, audience it's score is twenty three percent, and the and the um, critic score is thirty percent. Wow, it's actually higher. Shockingly higher. <laughs> Shockingly higher. Wow. I was that not expecting shocking. to find that. Huh. That is shocking. Yes, I was not expecting to find that at all. Oh, man. All right. I guess that goes ahead and that wraps up Superman 3 for us and this episode. Thanks for joining us as always. If you joined us on the Facebook uh, live stream, you can check out Granny's Peach Tea and join the Facebook group where we got a bunch of cool stuff and uh, the daily conversation. You can join in on that. Uh, also check out uh, Pop Culture Pros Facebook group as well as well as the website popculturepros.com. Uh, if you join us on YouTube, hit subscribe to Pop Culture Pros. Uh, Twitter, give us a follow at Pop Culture Pros, and wherever you found your audio only podcast, subscribe. We got a bunch of cool stuff going on on the channel. Uh, you got you like what you heard from Tim tonight. You got the Just Too Sweet show. They had a brand new episode right before us this evening, so be sure to check that if you're into the Rosslyn. Uh, if you want more, Tim, you can check out the A to Z show, which uh, you guys are on Friday night? No, because Friday is the Pop Culture Pros Christmas Spectacular. That's which, right. I which forgot every, about that. Everyone should oh. be on. Yes, yes. I want to do that. I, will, I, will I want to do that when I think. What time does that start? Not until like 10. We're not, we're not doing it until 10. This way oh, everybody's awesome. Getting, awesome. Okay. We're going to violate a lot of copyright that night, so it's going to be fun. Nice. We might have violated some of our own tonight because we did a spoiler reaction, uh, trailer reaction to Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I think trailers are okay. I think once you start hitting music and stuff like that, they start getting, you know, upset. We're not getting anyone in trouble. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, yeah, go us. Um, surprise, surprise, surprise. Metallica had a problem with us using their, their song last week. So, oh, wow. surprise, okay. surprise. Maybe the penguins will come after us with uh, Earth Angel earlier tonight. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, so if you want to go ahead and check that out, we have uh, got some football. We got on Sportsman Like Conduct. If you're into sports and those all day, Tim and Farachi cover that stuff. And we got uh, We Stomped You Out. If you're into the New York Giants, got a couple weeks left and hopefully some playoffs for them. So you can check that out. Uh, we will be back next week where we'll be covering episode three of season four of Doom Patrol and the also infamous Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. We'll see, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm curious to see how Rick enjoys that one now. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm <laughs> sure it will be a movie that was filmed with a camera. It's a quest for peace among us. Spell the K to W. It's going to be known as the quest for me to get to the end credits as soon as possible. 
Um, <laughs> it's the greatest so, thing ever. <laughs> we will see you next week. Peace. Later.